Hey everybody, this is Nate Smoyer and you're listening to the Tech Nest Podcast. This is the show where we sit down with the leaders in real estate and technology to find out what they're doing to transform the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. If you've got an interest in real estate and technology, stick around, you're in the right place. Well, hey Natalia, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you Nate for having me today. Yeah, well, I appreciate you taking side the time to join me. Uh, I'm excited to talk about what you're doing because this, what you guys are creating is the first I know of that, what, what the platform, what you guys have. And I don't want to give it away. I just don't want to give any hints. So before I give anything away, I want you to, to start it off here. Uh, let's get started with the basics. Please go ahead, introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Sure, absolutely. Um, my name is Natalia Karayanova. I'm the founder of Proppy. I used to be a real estate developer and a software developer for many years. And four years ago, I moved to Silicon Valley to develop Proppy. It's a transactional marketplace uh, with property settlement protocol. Um, in simple language, we automate the home purchase process. All right. There's going to be a lot to unpack there because there's so much manual, tedious, boring work <laughs> in the, the real estate transaction process. So I, I think the way we, I want to try and unpack this because first off, I have to give whoever wrote the script to your explainer video. And it, for everyone listening, if you want to go to property.com, you can see it. The explainer video is brilliant. It is so well done. It's easy to understand what they do watching the video. So I want to walk us through. So walk me through here. What is the process of using property to, to buy a property? And then from there, we'll kind of go off on different tangents. Yeah, so a property platform could be used uh, by agents uh, and by consumers. Uh, so I can explain uh, from one of the sites. And yes, you're right, there is a very short two-minute video on property.com on homepage uh, that illustrates the process from the point of agent, consumer, and, and the escrow company. Um, shortly, all the entities, all the parties in a transaction come together in one platform uh, and they close a paperwork. So they accept offers, send counter offers, review disclosures, sign all those documents with DocuSign integrated. Then a title company uploads a title report, uh, settlements, and also they get signed on the platform. And because all the documents are signed on one platform, it's ultimately the storage for the agent and for the consumer uh, for all the transaction data. Uh, then we also facilitate the payment to avoid wire transfer, wire fraud. Mm. Uh, and then in the end of the transaction, the buyer receives the title deed. And on this title deed, there is a blockchain address on it that tracks all previous steps of the transaction. All right. So there's a, like I said, I, and there's just so much in there. Uh, and some of this I want to get to talking about blockchain because one of these days in my head, it's going to click. I'm going to get it. Um, but let, let's start with this. Who is using Proppy? Who is it for? So it's for the consumer, for the agent. And ultimately, we're selling it to brokerages and real estate developers because gotcha. brokerages need data, real-time data on what their agents are closing right now, mm -hmm. how they've been closing at the past period so that they can predict future periods. Why is now the time to focus on something like this? I mean, I hear, 
I hear lots of real estate agents saying they don't need these new things. They've seen this before. It's all a fad, you know, just go out and sell. Why bother? Well, the time is perfect right now because everything is getting digitized, including real estate, and agents are using over 20 online tools to close one transaction. They are already using e-signatures, uh, primarily with DocuSign and other e-signatures. They have to use storages as Dropbox, Google Drive. Very often, they don't know how to use them. They leave those links open and get the transaction data open to hackers. Um, and so there are so many, so many tools that agents have to remember logins and pay to them that we decided that it's perfect time when the agent is already tech driven just to bring all those favorite tools in one place and make sure the closing is secure. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I always like to reflect on my short period of time where I, I, I like to say I lived or suffered through as a real estate agent. Um, but you're right. There was so many tools and things to get the job done. And what one thing that made it even more complicated was when the other agent on the other side of the deal didn't use digital signature. Mm -hmm. So they would still send me PDF documents scanned into email, which as you know, email is not secure. Yeah. It is not a secure way to be sending sensitive, any sensitive information. Absolutely. And, you know, it would just make things that much more difficult. But you're, this is one of the, the solutions or one of the, the problems that you guys are going after and bringing everyone onto one platform. Yeah, that's right. And also we're focusing on being brokerage agnostic because as we're hearing today, almost every uh, known large brokerage is developing something in-house. Mm -hmm. uh, and what we've noticed and witnessed is, yes, they're developing some storage systems, uh, but in the end of the day, the second broker will never want to use a, a proprietary uh, technology of uh, a competitor. This is why such one place to close a deal should be brokerage agnostic um, and definitely secure. Yeah, I mean, we saw that last year when uh, Contactually was bought by um, Compass, right? Yeah. You know, people got very concerned, which, I mean, I get it. I, you know, I don't think that they're really going to harvest that. But at the same time, you know, if you're a reality, a realty, you know, brand agent, do you want to be given that information to Compass? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now are, is property only ideal for residential properties or can commercial agents or multifamily agents uh, or buyers and sellers also use property? As of now, we're focusing on residential real estate deals. Mm -hmm. We have some shops and parcels, uh, but the, the main uh, aspect here is to be focused on the consumer, on the end user, not on billion-dollar deals between two corporations. <laughs> is, it, you know, is it just because of the structure, or you see maybe more scale in the market when you go uh -huh. I see that we solve bigger uh, problem and issue for the consumer, for the end user, rather than for corporations as of today. Yeah, I, I, I can totally understand that. I mean, obviously, not everyone needs to buy a business, but, you know, there's way more home sales uh, so for individuals. So it, it totally makes sense to me. Um, you guys are relatively new still, though. When, when, did, you, when did you start Proppy? 
I moved to Silicon Valley in 2016, and this is where actual work started. We very quickly uh, built a prototype with uh, three team members. Uh, and then in 2017, we did a token sale, uh, raised uh, uh, a fund uh, around. Uh, the first one actually was with angel investors, uh, with executive from uh, Apple, a real estate investor uh, from Morgan Stanley. Um, Yeah, and so we were lucky to have amazing people on board early on. How are you able, because, you know, building a platform and getting people to change their their patterns is really difficult. There has to be a strong incentive that pulls people in, or you have to have an incredible network where you can just ask for, hey, can you give this a shot? They like it. And then they tell a friend, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like, how did you, how did you get that traction? Cause that's really difficult to get people to change how they do that. And especially, you know, I I know you could said a lot, but really realtors have been doing business, how they've been doing business a long time. They don't want to change by and large. You hear this over and over. So how did you get the, you know, how did you get that early traction? Yeah, I totally understand. And I cannot imagine how hard it was for DocuSign with the first (laughs) e-signatures. I believe it was even harder than uh, what we're doing here right now. And the first deals were really historical for us. We, uh, we frankly were like asking our advisors, please buy this home through our platform. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Reaching out to all agents in the Bay Area who we knew personally, like, let's do that. There is a huge incentive and like, you'll be the first one historical, a lot of PR involved and and so on. Uh, but the first deals in, the, in the, the United States were even harder because the majority of uh, even our friends and agents would say, well, I'm not sure if it's legal. Um, so this is why the first deal actually was uh, with kind of a government blessing in Vermont where we had our first pilot uh, and the lawyers made a, a legal opinion letter that blockchain is totally legal. Uh, there are blockchain laws supporting the argument. Uh, and then after we did the first sale, uh, we didn't have any more problems. So uh, let's I see. Compliance. Um, and then we rolled out a number of first deals uh, in California, in the US, in European Union, in Japan, uh, the first one in Compass, the first one in XP. Um, mm. and so, yeah, it was quite a journey. And so initially we had to convince them. Now we, we got to the point to actually charge for the service. <laughs> that's a good one. So you get people to use it. Now you get them to pay to use it. That's, yeah. those are good barriers. <laughs> if, 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 you know, I don't know how much you can go into it, but what was the, the major concern as to why it would not be legal? Um, well, first agents are very, um, concerned about all the compliance within their brokerage. So they were not sure if they, um, do an entire transaction uh, beyond proper rules, whether it's legal. So our argument would always be like, well, you have the capability to, to choose different e-signature platforms like DocuSign or Disclosures.io. So you can also choose our platform for closing. Uh, then uh, it, it was quite a win for us to onboard first title companies to upload all those documents. Also, they had to verify with their compliance um team, whether they can actually upload uh, the, the documents to our platform instead of email, 
which makes sense because there is nothing more riskier than to upload and send documents via email. I, you know, I, I, I got fortunate early in my career. I had a CEO who, um, at a software company who would talk about email and he said, you know, all the time he was like, Hey, remember email in no way, shape or form is secure or private. And, you know, I think he always used us as an extreme example, but like everyone at Enron, anything you ever sent to an Enron uh, employee is in the public domain now forever and ever. So, and that's the same way with all these documents, you know, I mean, you might do something right as the agent, but what if your client doesn't or someone else doesn't? I mean, and you're sending those documents back and forth. That's just not, you know, it's, it's not secure. There's nothing to stop someone. And all you need is someone to get a hold of a password reset. And that could be yeah, uh, a friendly show. Yeah. Over $1 billion wire fraud is happening annually and it's increasing uh, with rapid speed. Like FBI reports 2,200% increase in, in wire and title fraud. So how does that happen? So uh, this is on my, I saw in your explainer video that it's something, your, your platform helps prevent wire fraud. Yeah. And, you know, I've read stories of this happening to people. And uh, actually one of the Forbes real estate council members, I, uh, her, her name is, um, I can't recall it at the moment, but she wrote about how it almost happened to her. Hmm. And so walk me through, like what is happening in, in wire fraud in real estate transactions? Because I mean, it's supposed to be a pretty common, it, it, it's a common transaction. It's not a difficult transaction. So how is it happening? Well, uh, there are different theories how it's happening. Either there are internal people in the banks overseeing when there is a mortgage approval or in title companies or in brokerages. Uh, and also there are hackers that are just observing all those links. Uh, someone is, uh, all those links um, uh, on Google Drive, Dropbox, and so on. Yeah. Because many of, uh, of those uh, pieces of information are just public. Uh, there are no passwords. Uh, so if one hacker is observing uh, the work of, let's say, 10 agents or 20 agents on a daily basis, uh, I, I guess it's, this is their job to, uh, to look after uh, transactions. And you can see that it's, it's really, uh, they are very precise on sending the uh, instruction within an hour when it should happen. Wow. So yeah. they have to be seeing the internal documents somehow. And that has a lot to do with being sent back and forth in unsecured channels. Yeah. And normally for a, you, you know, that normally for one transaction, there are over 20 people uh, involved in email communications, like three, four in the brokerage side on one side on the buyer seller. Then with title company, three, four assistants, transaction coordinators, um, yeah, so there are so many people involved. Um, so you trip one person up to give up information the incorrect way and it can cause a chain reaction. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, fortunately I've never experienced that or had to work with a client going through that, but I can only imagine. And obviously mm -hmm. it's not like this is going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone in the industry who has never experienced that think that it will not touch their work. But unfortunately, that's a reality nonstop because I'm, I'm talking a lot about this topic. Uh, I have some friends here in the Bay Area, like whenever they transact, they have like, oh, I remember the fraud case. And, you know, it happened <laughs> to me today. I got a 
approval from a mortgage uh, from a bank, and then uh, immediately I got this uh, phishing email. Uh, so it, it's happening. And um, yeah. just everything is getting digitized. It will be worse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's not something I thought about uh, a lot, but honestly, um, this is that's why I went back to that video. I was like, man, that video is so good because it actually, th- this is a, pr- a problem that you can't lead gen for on the marketing side because people don't think they need it. So they're not willing to become a lead for it. But once the demand for it is there, when it happens to you, I mean, you, you don't go backwards. And I think, you know, you kind of talked about DocuSign paving the way for digital signatures making some, a platform like yours possible. I'm curious to hear more about the feedback um, that you've received from lenders and title companies. Obviously, this takes them maybe a little bit outside of the normal workflow. I've had uh, agents or in people say, no, we don't do digital signature. You, you have to print it and, and this, that, and the other. What's been the feedback from lenders and title companies and how have you been able to get them to adopt your platform to make this a reality? Well, for the title company, uh, for them, it's another way uh, of getting a sales channel uh, because they do believe that they can attract more uh, tech-driven agents, uh, tech-driven consumers, and, and make them happier. Um, and their work is actually not duplicated. Uh, they just, instead of sending one document via email, they have both in our system. So, And they have notifications uh, whenever one document is received and signed. Um, so we, we actually make their life a bit easier. Um, and agents love this feature. They love the opportunity, the title company, to upload document and the consumer to receive it immediately, automatically, because what happens normally, agents are receiving those documents and then sending them um, in, in, a, in a, some period of time, and thus the consumer loses some time. With us, it happens automatically, and agents uh, know uh, they can uh, go to the platform and check who have signed, who have not, whether they need to pay them. Yeah, and, and what about with lenders? Have they... We actually don't work directly with lenders. We just okay. ask the title company to upload all the mortgage documents to the platform. So- so then, you know, there's very little pushback. And obviously, like you said, title companies see this as a sales channel. Yeah. They don't sell anyone if, sell anything if nobody's... <laughs> we're not buying its own homes. It's, it's, a rough, it's rough to be in the title business. Yeah. Um, um, with, with lending companies, we're talking right now with one uh, progressive lender. So we may uh, do some integration in the future, but it's not a current priority. Got it. No, that's good to know. And obviously, um, you know, those are, those are players and, and partners in the, the transactional process that you, you can't really move without having them bought in on that is, a, is kind of a big deal. You mentioned well, more, more or less we're united in this network of progressive uh, tech driven executives that know that the future will come, that uh, the property settlement will happen online with us or without us. So it's better to unite and, and uh, build the future together. I love it. I love it. Got to have the vision. Um, you, you'd mentioned earlier, you were talking about uh, some of the first transactions in the U S and then you, you, you mentioned a few international uh, uh, places you've, you've done transactions. So you're already working outside the U.S. on the same platform? 
So let me elaborate on that. We're really focusing on the U.S. market. Your focus on the U.S. Absolutely. The focus is in the U.S. Uh, and uh, last year, we decided that we want to build our transaction platform adaptive in modules that could be changed, roles could be changed with different names. Uh, because overall, globally, the transaction is all about three pillars. It's uh, one, paperwork second payment and three title deed transfer. So globally, it's all the same uh, process for a real estate purchase. Um, however, um, the process and steps in between are a bit different. So we decided to focus on building an adaptive platform so that we can work in different states because in some states, their title companies are closing and other attorneys are closing. This is why we decided to actually do first transactions in different regions so that uh, our team of developers, engineers can learn from actual real-time transactions uh, what is different, what could be different, and uh, make sure uh, that we, we build this uh, um, flexibility. And so, we, yeah. So you're really staying focused on the U.S., even though you've done international deals. Yeah. Does that mean that if someone comes to you with a deal, do you guys say, hey, we're not doing that right now, or are you able to just still no, process actually, it? Yeah, we, we recently we did two international deals, uh, but we'll release uh, news on them in September. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously you, you, you have to keep tight relationships in this game. Real estate in many ways, people say is a, a, a relationship industry, you know, um, I'm assuming that's had something uh, as an effect on helping property grow, but what would you credit your growth to? Like what's been helping drive adoption? Um. Great question. I believe the hunger of agents um, and Silicon um, Valley culture, probably, because all those agents and real estate executives, uh, they want to be innovative. They want to stay close to the teams that are working on technology. So in yeah. our case, the opening door technology was blockchain, and we were even though there, there were about 100 projects uh, that were trying to put the real estate on blockchain, we were the first one in the world uh, to do a physical transfer on blockchain. So we got into news many times. Um, and this, I believe, what helped us to bring this brand of innovation. And then, obviously, we started to, to um, uh, build relationships in the real estate industry. And we have many, many supporters. And we're trying to be helpful to them as well. So Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's how you and I got connected. I, we were talking yeah. about it before we got recording here. Andrew Flackner made the introduction for us. Uh, shout out Andrew and Real Scout, but uh, also a previous guest on the TechNest podcast and good friend. So, um, but yeah, so obviously, you know, the relationships and, and working hard through that. And I was looking at that, you know, the media mentions that you guys have featured up on your site. So, and you, you, you said the key word and I couldn't find a better time in the show to ask you for all of us out there who don't know, what is blockchain? <laughs> Great question. Um, for those who don't know what is blockchain, the main thing they need to understand that it's distributed, immutable, new class of database. So you can store transactions and records uh, and you, you know for sure that if it's Bitcoin and Ethereum, 
then the information will be there stored forever and immutable. Um, but blockchain cannot solve all the problems and uh, it, it's not a solution for every tech problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, in real estate, it makes sense, especially as the, as the software is in its uh, uh, immature stage, it's expensive, it's slow. This is why it's perfect for real estate because obviously uh, it's a high value asset transactions. Uh, so we, we don't have millions of records per second uh, and it's also affordable uh, for a million dollar transaction. And now one of the challenges, if I understand blockchain correctly, is that in order for it to work though, you have to get everyone on the same blockchain though, right? Is, is that, uh, is well, that correct? Am I saying well, that wrong? Yeah, every every blockchain it's a network, network of nodes or computers. So every single computer has to sign off on a same transaction and have a record on the same transaction. But those blockchains, they could be different. It's a Bitcoin uh, blockchain, uh, Ethereum blockchain. There are other networks. There are forks of Bitcoin and Ethereum. but whenever, uh, for example, we are a decentralized application that is using network. So when you use Proppy, you wouldn't see blockchain almost anywhere till the very, very end. Even though we, uh, we trans- we're using smart contracts for every step, you actually don't see uh, the work of blockchain itself. Got However, it. back end, every single uh, record now is immutable. So nobody within a team or hackers can alter data without us uh, to notice it or to notice it. So, so for all the title agents uh, and real estate agents listening to this who got nervous because they heard blockchain, they don't have to know anything about blockchain to be able to use property. Exactly. Yeah. See, that's beautiful right there. This is, this is what I think the market has been waiting for. We keep hearing the benefits of blockchain, but see my head starts spinning. I'm like, you guys, I'm just a marketer. You know, I, I write copy and I do ads. Um, but when you, when you give it to me in a, in a user interface that I don't have to know how to necessarily use that technology, then, hey, we're, we're good. This is why I can build landing pages these days, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's a great summary of the main benefit. Uh, though in one point, the consumer and the agent sees the address of the blockchain, it's a uh, title deed. So the title company, when uh, they work with us, they receive a uh, QR code with a link to the blockchain and the blockchain address, which is being recorded by the counties. And many, many counties have recorded this new standard of title deed, which we're proud of. Um, and it potentially could, could literally become um, an evidence if something is going wrong with the transaction in the future and there are claims, uh, courts are, uh, are recognizing those records as evidences. You know, I, I, I love reading the outlier stories in real estate that remind us anything can happen. Um, and there's two that come to mind that I just feel like better records or even clearer records would have, would have solved. There was one, this poor guy, he thought he was buying a, a really cheap property. I think it was down in Florida mm-hmm. and kid you not, he bought a, like, like a, a two foot wide strip of land in between two homes. <laughs> like the gov- the local government auctioned it off. Yeah. For reason they didn't just like, you know, 
let it become part of the two properties sitting there. Well, the houses were connected. So he did, he actually owned the land underneath the garages of these two different houses. I mean, I can imagine being pretty pissed off about that. And the other one recently that came out that it, you know, it was a little frustrating here. It was a deal. It was an institutionalized deal where a portfolio was, was sold. Um, the, uh, a record of conveyance, there was a quick claim deed on a house and it mm-hmm. moved multiple times very quickly between multiple people. I don't know how they did it. Yeah. Well, the guy who owned the house was still living there. He's like, I never sold the house. Yeah. And they were conveying title multiple times between agents and this nonprofit. And, but all that was because somewhere, someone somewhere didn't keep accurate records. Someone somewhere, also probably fraud, but mm-hmm. with blockchain, that's, you, can't, you can't just easily do that, right? That prevents that kind of conveyance of title. That's not possible. Yeah, exactly. And even if, so there are two stages of the transition to, to the blockchain. Uh, the first one is the old system uh, records just getting recorded on the blockchain. And if even it happens, you can immediately, like anyone publicly can immediately notice that the transaction was done. Um, the, the main problem with county offices here in the, in the United States is that any hacker can alter all data. And imagine there is a person that is, uh, that is uh, dead. Uh, and that person would never claim that their house is, uh, is being referred to a different uh, person. And so we had those uh, requests from county recording offices on bringing all those historical data on blockchain. Because if you today, if, if you change a, um, a data record on a conventional database, um, you won't know that it's changed. With blockchain, it's impossible. It's a chain of, of new records. This is why it's, it's called blockchain. Um, I never considered that. Yeah. Because as we move from paper to digital, like that is like you, you were saying, that transformation is already happening, but not necessarily being done in a secure fashion. Exactly. And you know about Baltimore attack? No. Yeah, a month ago, there were attacks on databases in Baltimore. Oh, 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 yeah. Was, was Baltimore the city that was held for ransom? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, so as far as I know, there are no victims uh, in property records, uh, but there, were some, uh, there was a period of time when property transactions uh, were stopped. A year ago, it happened also in Bulgaria for about a month. All the records were just oh my stopped. Goodness. Uh, but some data was actually altered and the government uh, claimed that they didn't have backup for some reason. And we, we believe that it's a corruption. Um, oh yeah, uh, all those cases happening all over the world. Uh, but the most worrying uh, part is happening here in the United States because uh, the majority of European and Asian countries actually have one centralized property registry and they guarantee the ownership transfer. Well, here in US. Fed, yeah, we have over 3,000 recording offices with different level of um, IT knowledge and IT solutions. <laughs> um, some of them papers, some of them with, uh, with oh, yeah. outdated software. And also the county's work is just to record transactions. They actually don't guarantee uh, the conveyance quality. And this is why the cases that you just mentioned are happening. 
Oh my goodness. So what is the opportunity in front of you? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure when you're talking with investors and, and others about this, like what is the market opportunity for property? The market opportunity is enormous, billions, if not trillions of dollars. We've recently met one interesting company in Australia that succeeded uh, to do some part of the solutions that we are doing. They've been sold half a year ago to Morgan Stanley for $1.6 billion. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So we, we know that we can absolutely tackle billions of dollars in, uh, in uh, tackling the wire fraud uh, case globally. Um, but if we just take the, uh, the sales pipeline with brokerages here in the U.S., definitely uh, yeah. $100 billion opportunity. That's amazing. I love it. What's, uh, well, well, I want to ask you one that's kind of totally off of, from all the other questions because obviously you guys have been doing a lot of things right. You're moving forward. You've created this platform. You've got people using the platform. Um, what's one thing that you started trying or maybe an experiment you ran that didn't work out? Oh, there were many. (laughs) (laughs) There were tons of those. See, this is how you know. This is how you know it wasn't an easy road because when you ask this question to someone and they immediately roll their eyes like, oh, which one would you like? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) How much time do you have? Yeah, and that's the beauty of uh, being a part of a startup. Uh, learning experience, like everyday learning and, and you fail and you get up and you succeed and then again, fail, succeed. Um, yeah, so we, we've done a lot of learnings. One of the uh, sales uh, challenge, I, I would say, we had last year when we were thinking, okay, we'll do like a couple transactions and suddenly all the agents will come uh, and start using the platform. So we, we put some money into marketing for agents, individual agents. So that was definitely was not a, um, that was just a too big hope. Yeah. 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 One example, they were different in product as well. When we would focus on how a brokerage would benefit the most. So while actually, we had to make the agent uh, and the consumer happy first. Got it. That makes sense. I appreciate you sharing that. And obviously, you know, I'm sure there was a hundred other, hundred other iterations and stories in there, which is always what, you know, that's how you, uh, you earn your stripes, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nate. We're going to shift gears here. Uh, I want to move into one of my favorite segments of the show. Uh, we do this with every guest who comes on and it's called for the future. Uh, This is where I ask each guest to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Natalia, you ready to play? Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. All right. First one's easy. Question number one, what does property look like one year from now? One year from now, sales and growth, uh, thousands of agents, two big brands. Two big brands? Oh, you mean like as brokerages? Brokerages that fully on and their their agents are using the platform as a mandatory closing tool. Um, yeah. Got it. All right. See that she knows the vision. Question number two, uh, what will the housing market look like one year from now? Uh, one year from one, I do believe the market will be still stable as it is now. Uh, here in Silicon Valley, it, it keeps growing uh, due to all those IPOs and it will continue to grow because uh, the, those executives uh, will actually get their money next year. So it will keep oh. going. 
Yeah. <laughs> Some of the IPOs this year, that's right. There was like how many hundred millionaires added to San Francisco? Yeah. Um, okay. Question number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? Hmm. Interesting. Um... Well, I, I don't know here. Go away. <laughs> well, uh, I, I wish the uh, wire fraud trend to go away, definitely. Uh, yeah. yeah I, I wish, uh, even though I'm super happy that uh, the real estate industry is getting digitized, uh, mm-hmm. but then we give so much uh, uh, opportunity for cyber criminals. So I wish this trend to go away. All right. You're going to help with that. See, this is why Proppy's needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question number four, and the last for the future. What's one thing you believe would dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of technological advances? As a result of technological advances, unfortunately, I do believe that agents will start to have less commission because they, they will have more deals uh, but then it means that uh, top uh, producing agents will be uh, the professionals that will stay in the industry. And part-time uh, agents, uh, I believe they, it won't make much sense for them to work in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, more and more agents will have uh, more power uh, rather than brokerages. Um, yeah, they will be more independent uh, it's hard to justify renting a desk anymore. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah very and difficult. Brokerages are quite struggling also and competing between each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're, uh, we're living in interesting times for the industry. There's certainly a lot of changes happening from every single angle. And uh, I think a lot of things are getting shaken up and certainly we're already seeing some of that happen. But... We're going to move into the last three here. These are questions so that our listeners get to know you a little bit better. The first one is, what are you reading? Oh, uh, I'm reading... uh, The last books I really loved are um, Sovereign Individual. It's on cyber governments, cyber money, 2097 book, which is talking about um, cryptocurrency, but in a different language. It's fascinating how civilizations were changing from the uh, non-violent to violent, and hopefully to non-violent again. Mm. Uh, then uh, those memoirs uh, written by, um, uh, for example, jo- uh, Lisa Jobs, the daughter of Steve Jobs. I really loved uh-huh. uh, this book as yep. well. The book Educated. Really touched me. I also love um, psychological books. The last one I read is The Courage to Be uh, Disliked on Adler um, Psychology. Hmm. These are my recent ones. And of course, tons of books on prop tech and blockchain, like Prop Tech 3 by Aaron Block uh, from Metaprop um, Mm -hmm. is the recent one, and Blockchain Billionaires by um, Cameron and Tyler Winklewalls. I got a book for you. I think that you'll really like, I just started reading it. Uh, the author's name is Roger Dooley mm-hmm. and he, the title of the book is called friction. Which, oh, interesting. 
what you guys are focusing on, friction in the transactional yeah. process. It's yeah, a brilliant book. Uh, he's in, heavily endorsed by Robert Cialdini. So you know that it's going to be mm-hmm. good. Um, question number two, who are you learning from? Oh, I'm learning from, uh, I guess, many agents, our customers, uh, brokers from my team, uh, and obviously from all those startup books like Ben Horowitz, Hard Things About Hard Things, uh, Andrew Chan on Twitter. Yeah, I'm very... His Twitter rants are the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would pay for his tweets. Like if yeah. he went private, I would pay for access. Yeah. Good. I'm with you. no one tell him that all right (laughs) yeah please don't (laughs) and question number three what inspires you um what inspires me first uh, I was very inspired by my mom even though I I was not realizing it till my like uh, adulthood um, because she was always independent, very optimistic, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very inspired by all the small wins my team is doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Natalia, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for sharing about Proppy and going into a lot of the different issues that you guys are tackling. I mean, you're doing a lot at once. But I see how it can come to it, it can come all together, and uh, I think it's pretty cool. I'm excited to see you guys grow. Before we close out the show, for anyone who wants to either connect with you or learn more about Proppy, where do they go, and how can they do that? Yeah. Uh, so thank you very much, Nate, for this wonderful conversation and great questions, uh, and for supporting Proppy Mission. Um, so anyone uh, who has a question, please re- reach out to me. Uh, my email is ceo at proppy.com. It's my name and surname are very difficult <laughs> to remember and spell. Um, and uh, proppy.com is the website where we have a lot of information. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, I'll be keeping an eye on you guys for sure from the sidelines. Um, and uh, hope you guys all the best and we'll catch you later. Thank you very much, Nate. Thanks everyone. Bye. We're good. Okay. There we go. Awesome. Perfect. All right. I need to practice this one last time. Kara Yan, is it Yan Huh? Yeah. Ara Yaniva. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Boom. You made it. There it is. Great. Well, I very much enjoyed the conversation. You were very like empowering with great mood. Yeah. <laughs> and and you understand real estate, which is a awesome. little bit. Yeah. Um, I've got. Uh, I've I've worked in real estate in a lot of different capacities. I've I've built homes. I worked in new construction. Um, you know, I worked as an agent. I have real estate rental property. I help other friends manage their properties. Mm, Now I lead marketing at Avail and we produce software for uh, independent landlords. So as well as now have some solutions for tenants. So um, yeah, a lot of different angles in there, but also at the same time, if you spend, you know, this is, uh, I think this will be show 54. Mm Mm-hmm. So you do 50 yeah. interviews. Oh, wow. You start learning. Like there's a, it's really interesting because um, 
I hear a lot of the same, like there's a lot of themes of like what people think is happening and uh, what we should be doing or changing or what we should be going after. And also it's interesting that I can, I can almost sometimes pick up on like who maybe you read and follow based on what you're saying, because okay. I'm also reading and, and following the same yeah. people. Um, so it's interesting things like that, uh, that, uh, kind of, yeah. but I also, you know, it's an unfair advantage. I get people give me insights as to what they're doing because they're sharing about what they're doing. And, and so then I get to compare and contrast constantly and it's, yeah. it's really a lot of fun. So, but yeah. I gen- genuinely, uh, I think, I think it's really interesting. Um, I think that, you know, making the, once you have the agent on board, if the agent's on board and likes it, the consumer works with the agent. Yeah. If they see the value in the agent and you're right, it's going to be the high end agent. It's going to be the high touch, the concierge agent. And that still exists in travel. Travel Mm -hmm. agents aren't gone. They went upstream. Everyone else went away because they weren't needed. Mm -hmm. And there's still plenty of wealth, especially in the U S where this is going to be needed and wanted and desired. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, it'll make the transaction even faster too, which we didn't even get into that, but that's a, that's a motivator, especially when you come from the people who buy with either uh, investment uh, mm-hmm. perspectives or uh, sleepers. Yeah. They want that. It's gotta be fast because awesome. that's your competitive edge as well. If you can close fast, it, it, it means more. So yeah. What you're so we'll have, um, uh, I have one show ahead of you for next week. And then I think yours probably be two weeks out. Um, we'll put together a promo image and have that sent over to you. Um, and then we'll publish it. It'll go out to all the different podcast networks. Uh, we won't, pu- I won't publish the video at this time. Uh, so when it gets published to YouTube, it'll, it'll just be a still frame. Um, mm-hmm. So it won't be video. Um, you know, we'll post it on in our social and that kind of stuff. So you'll see probably you'll get a few tags or whoever manages your social, we get a few yeah. tags and, um, Are you I'm coming forgot- to Inman? what's that? Are you coming to Inman? No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I had a handful of events on my schedule for this year and I might be canceling all of them. Oh. We're, uh, we're pretty heads down right now and it's, it's, uh, cause my favorite events are the Cree tech events, mm-hmm. uh, all the commercial real estate tech. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Michael Beckerman, who puts that together, they bring a lot of the VCs in the VCs then break down their visions, mm-hmm. which then to me is like, you know, they're already having the conversations with everyone. And then they're the ones with the money dictating how those things get built. Mm-hmm. And so when they forecast their visions, mm-hmm. it, you get, you get really, it, it's just, it's just that much better. It's way better. Um, Inman for me, I, I don't have much to gain from it. I was thinking about IOI, um, but I'll, I'll probably still pass on that. That's the... Um, I don't know about this one. Yeah, that one actually is totally up your alley. Uh, it's in Seattle in August. Let me see here real quick. I might have a link that I can drop to you before we jump off here so you can have it. Um, there we go. This is a NAR event. Oh, yeah, yeah. We are invited to it. So August, we're, you know, we're August with, 21, 22nd. Here, I'll drop it in the... Uh, yeah. We're with NAR Accelerator, so we know about it. But, oh, okay. Uh, yep. So 
you're with, is it Reach or Second Century you're with? Reach. Reach. Both, actually, both. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not confusing. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was going to go to that, but um, because we moved from Seattle, mm-hmm. basically, uh, north of Seattle. Uh, but I, I'm not so sure I can make that happen and uh, mm-hmm. between everything else. So we'll see. We'll see. That's okay. Well, probably you'll, you'll come to San Francisco and they are a uh, big meeting in November. Maybe. Yeah, because we probably will se- we'll set up our own event as we did now at Inman. We made okay. our own event blockchain for real. Uh, only with uh, 30 executives, uh, four prop tech VCs. Okay. So, you know, like their their opinion. Brad Inman is coming and, and a few others. So ben Kinney like- gone? Sorry? Is uh, Ben Kinney ben gone? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I mean, he's definitely someone to invite. Uh, ben was who uh, recruited me to become a real estate agent. Um, he's Keller Williams' number one agent. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you yeah, he's based in Bellingham. Yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's a really great guy. If he's got the time, he you know he might, but um, definitely worthwhile. And he's very tech focused. Uh, mm-hmm. He has his own CRM marketing platform called Brevity. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I've heard about it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, yeah. If you could connect us, I, I'd, I'd highly appreciate. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to get a hold of them. <laughs> well, uh, are you familiar with the uh, uh, Gary Keller uh, Millionaire Real Estate? We're. I think we're having one-on-one meeting with him soon. All right. Well, mm-hmm. there you go. You don't need to go to Ben. Go to Gary. <laughs> still top down and bottom up approach you know <laughs> there you go there you go all right yeah well that that'll be that's probably a better ticket for you uh go right to the head of the, the brokerage but mm-hmm. well very cool um yeah appreciate it and like i said we'll we'll reach back out and make sure you get the promo image and let you know when it's live and get you all the links and everything for you okay thank you very much you bet Thanks. yeah appreciate your time uh, thank bet. you Bye. Well, that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening to the Tech Nest podcast. Hey, don't forget you can get on the email list so you never miss an upcoming episode. That's technest.io. That's T-E-C-H-N-E-S-T dot I-O. Get on the email list. Uh, go to the App Store, whether you found us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you found us. Leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends. And if you've got a guest or someone that you'd like to recommend, or if you think that you'd be a great guest on the show, hey, send me an email, nate at realteampanda.com. That's nate at realteampanda.com. See you guys later.